Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Hey, Tanya, how are you? Do you really want to know? <laughs> but, you know, we all have crappy days, you yeah. know? And so- you know, our, our listeners didn't get to hear all of that business, but not every day is a good day. You're 100% right. And although we, you know, have great topics and things to talk about every once in a while, I know you felt it too. And I felt it. there are days where I'm just like, yeah, I'm mad at the world. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mad at people being pissy. I'm mad at people being shitty. I'm, yeah. People I'm- being and condescending and know-it-alls and feeling like their opinion is more valid than your opinion. I mean, I'm of the opinion that everyone has a right to their own. If we disagree, then we just agree to disagree. But I'm not. Yeah, and you can disagree and you can still remain friends. So this business of if you don't share my opinion, we can't be friends. Yeah. Unfriending people on Facebook. Oh, come on, guys. Yeah. Like Unless this person is actually a criminal and doing you physical or mental bodily <laughs> harm. Yeah. A differing of opinion is you want to wear a blue shirt today and I think you look better in red. Whoopie mm-hmm. ding ding. Yeah. And now here we go off down a whole nother tangent. <laughs> well, but you know, like my philosophy is, and it always has been, I think I've told you this before, but like, I don't really talk religion or politics with people, period, ever, because you can't change people's mind and you shouldn't want to change people's mind because we all have the right to our own opinion. But to me, when someone voices their religious or their political opinion, to me, that's the same thing as them coming up to me and going, so did you have sex today? It's the same thing. It's that personal. And, you know, and I'm not going to discuss my sex life with them. And I'm sure I'm not going to discuss politics and religion either. Right. You know, it's just we've gotten to the point where we are very comfortable crossing those barriers and very comfortable judging other people for not agreeing with us. Yeah. That's why I live in this country. We have a we have the freedom to not have to agree with everyone. Yeah. We don't have to follow the person in front of us if we don't want to. If they want to keep straight, we can turn right or left or turn around and go back the other way. Like, and yeah, it's disheartening. And I know that, you know, when you and I started this conversation, it really wasn't even about politics and it wasn't even about COVID culture. But what we had been originally talking about was the unfortunate situation of death and and in general illness and hospitalization and how tricky it has been to be with loved ones when they're sick and dying. And we got on to talking about funerals and the culture at the funeral we went to beginning of COVID and, you know, being separated by families and not being able to, you know, offer condolences with people because you had to keep six feet apart and the likes. And and then I think we segued into no wonder mental illness is on the rise. And then we segued into in general, just being angry at everything right now. Like I'm so mad. I just want to punch things and not people, but maybe if a person gets in the way, I'll do that too. But, and I mean, I have upped my Reiki game. I have upped my meditation game and I'm doing everything I can to work on my, you know, best self care, but it's just feels like it's just 
lurking all around right now. And, you know, you're not the first person that said that to me. I've had several people in the past couple of months that just say, it feels like there's just such a weight on us right now. And, you know, and they're not, they're not talking about like it's Armageddon or the political climate or the religious climate or the literal climate outside. It's just some kind of this big communal depression. Negative juju. Yeah. Well, and it's, we've been, we've been stuck inside for the most part, even though we don't have mask mandates now, but like today when I was at the grocery store, everyone in the grocery store had a mask on, even though there's no mask mandate here now. But most of the time in Tennessee, if you go into stores, you say most of the people still have a mask on, but we've all gotten so used to not being out and being with people and connecting. And humans need that connection. We need it. My mom is, she told me, she said, Kathleen, I have aged 10 years in this, you know, in these two years. And she has. Yeah, I don't disagree. Like, I just think to myself, like right now in general, like you say, we need connection. And everybody, instead of connecting, is like they're pulling away. And even though we're 18 months in and the likes and we're not necessarily closed like we were a year ago, I feel like the hardship or the mental conditioning that we had over the last year is actually worse now where where there isn't mandate at least when there was mandate people would say well we can't because that's the rules now people are saying well i don't want to come to your house if you're not vaccinated or you can't come to this event if you know you don't wear a mask and so now there's all kinds of dissension that's happening between people at least a year ago we could blame it on the mandate that that everything was falling apart because that's what we have to do. Whereas now everything's falling apart because people are choosing it that way. And I think people are, are very fearful and fear is so dangerous. Fear is so dangerous. It's the other side of the coin of anger. Yeah. Yeah, it is. When you flip fear over, it turns into anger. And when you flip anger over, it turns back into fear. We're both here today because our ancestors were afraid of the dinosaur or afraid of, you know, whatever dangers out there. So you need a little healthy dose of fear to stay alive. But when you let fear be the guiding point in your life, if that's the steering wheel and fear is in the driver's seat, then... You know, then it's a very, really, I personally think it's just my own opinion. And you know what, how much that's worth. Well, much, all of but, this is our opinion. And <laughs> if we lose 15 listeners, you know, that might happen too. But I mean, I think you get afraid and you need to be mindful. You need to be careful of a lot of things in this world. But if that's your driving force, you, you're going to suffer depression. You're going to be ridden with anxiety. Uh, it's just not healthy, man. Just not but healthy. But it, it goes back to everything that you. You and I have ever talked about when it comes to wellness in general. It starts with you. It starts with you. You don't get your wellness from the people around you. You get your wellness from self-care. You get your wellness from, like we talk about, a yoga practice, workout regimen, eating the right things. If you are going to numb your pain with sugar, alcohol, you know, you could go down a list then those are just adding layers of toxins inside your body and it's 
creating a worse effect. You're waking up the next day with inflammation, you're uncomfortable, you're bloated. I mean, you could go down the list of things that you have done to yourself and then you get emotionally charged, you get angry. So then a person would be like, well, then Tanya, what the hell is your problem today? I'm like, well, to be honest, I had a big old (laughs) ice cream sundae last night and it has messed me up ever since. But yeah, Yeah. that's the facts. Like it it is what it is. And I get that that was me self-atoning and it didn't necessarily work. Like it's had its lasting effects, but it's been a really tough week. Yeah. And yeah, I went for some ice cream last night. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Sometimes you just got to eat the ice cream. But you know, for me, if I eat the ice cream, Edward always looks at me when I get ice cream. He goes, are you really going to eat that? You know, you're not going to feel good in the morning because my stomach just bloats up. And <laughs> I'm like, yes, I am. And then the next morning, how you feel? Don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I get all of that. And yeah. you know, this is obviously the pot calling the kettle black, but it all goes back to, you know, everybody just flip and be nice. Just be nice. Well, and you know, maybe practice that close your mouth and breathe in, breathe out and think about what you're going to say before you say it. Yeah. Well, and you know, there's facts in that too, is that in general, if the minute you've spoken the words, you A, regret them, B, ruminate over them, C, mm-hmm. wish you'd said something different, D, you know, your blood pressure went up, your face got red, your ears got red, yeah. whatever it was. Like, again, this is all on you. Raise your vibrations, take care of yourself, mind your business. And I don't, I mean that and don't mean that in the sense of mind your business, but mind your business. Yeah. Mind what you put in you, how you take care of you. And I ironically, the rest of the world is going to look a little better. Well, and remembering that you have control over the way you feel. Uh, I think I told you about my son reading the book, The Beginner's Guide to Stoicism Now. And it focuses on positivity and emotional resilience. And of course, I tell him stuff like that all the time, just like, you know, with your kids, you can tell them all day long, but if someone else says it or they read it somewhere else, all of a sudden it's this wonderful epiphany. <laughs> I'm like, oh my hey. gosh, mom, you should read this book. Oh, I read it like 17 years ago, but thanks, honey. <laughs> So, but you know, you, we all get to decide how we're going to react to every single thing around us. What we say after I am, you know, you know, I blab this all the time changes who we are. It, it affects our reality. So if I am mad all the time and I am angry all the time, then that's going to pour out into the world. So you and I both try so hard not to do that, but you know, there are just sometimes I am angry or I am pissed. And it's okay to be pissed and be angry sometimes. Yeah. I always tell my kids, it's okay to feel what you feel. It's not okay to get stuck in it. Exactly. And and there is truth to that. And, you know, I, like I said, I have upped my meditation game. I have upped my Reiki game. I know that I need that right now, especially in light of everything that's gone on for our family this week. But mm-hmm. it's, it, it is, it takes a conscious effort so that you can move past the negative emotions that are inevitably going to pop up. You can't avoid them, but you can choose to handle them better than falling claim to them or letting them, like you say, get in the driver's seat and take over for you. Yeah. So that being said, what are we talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we're talking about something happy. We're talking about the beginner mindset for yoga and for life. This is and very applicable to life. It is very applicable. I What I find interesting is most beginners that come into my studio are very comfortable being beginners. But once they progress up, it's very hard for some of the advanced yogis to go do a beginner class because they already know everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm air quotes, know everything. <laughs> uh, but it's so rewarding for them when they will go back and they're like, oh my gosh, I forgot there's a little bit of a tucking chair. Just having those little reminders is just so powerful to go back and it changes our entire practice. It changes our lives. It kind of, in fact, I've got a little story to tell you in a minute, but it reminds us that we don't have to know everything and it's okay to be a beginner, even when we consider ourselves an advanced person. And, and even in that is part of the beauty of having that beginner's mind is really kind of coming to that place that says, I do know plenty, but I am still willing to learn more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, how, how beautiful and open is that? I mean, if everybody you talk to always had this, well, no, don't bother telling me that I already know it. Yeah. <laughs> the conversations would go nowhere, like literally go nowhere. But instead, and this applies to the world at large right now, instead of having such a strong negative opinion, instead say, you know, interesting, I hadn't looked at it that way. Let's talk about it because I'd like to hear your version. I'd mm-hmm. like to hear how you perceive it. I'd like to see how you feel. It. And that, like we said, without judgment, without expectation, without attachment. It's a Mm -hmm. conversation we're having. It doesn't change that I love you or don't love you. It doesn't change that I've been doing yoga 12 years or zero years. Mm -hmm. None of that is affected by simply having an open mind and a willing heart to learn. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Do you want to hear my Zen master story? I do. (laughs) This is an ancient Zen story to illustrate this point about the beginner mindset. And it encourages us to realize that the moment that we say, I know, we put a stop to our ability to know more, which I think, yes, that is so true. So here's the story. A long time ago, there was a wise Zen master. People from far and near would seek his counsel and ask for his wisdom. Many would come and ask him to teach them and enlighten them in the way of the Zen. One day, an important man came to visit the master. I've come today to ask you to teach me about Zen. Open my mind to enlightenment, he said. So the tone of the important man's voice was one that was used to getting his own way. The Zen master smiled and said they should discuss the matter over a cup of tea. The Zen master went to prepare the tea and the important man began explaining all that he knew about Zen and why he was worthy of enlightenment. And when the tea was served, the master poured his visitor a cup. He poured and he poured and he poured and he poured and the tea rose to the rim and began to spill over the table and onto the robes of the man. And finally, the visitor shouted, enough. You're spilling tea all over me. Can't you see the cup is full? And the master stopped pouring and smiled at his guests. And he said, you are like this teacup. You're so full that nothing more can be added. Come back to me when the cup is empty. Come back to me with an empty mind ready for filling. Mm, Right? Isn't that lovely? And here we have parables by cat. love that though, because it is hard when someone knows everything. And I, you know, I've been guilty of that. I know you've been guilty of that. I've been guilty of going, oh, I already know that. But I, do I really? And so I've gotten, as I've gotten older, I've been like, oh, I didn't know shit. So, <laughs> so <laughs> let's see what else I can learn. 
But the idea of having an empty mind is something that we explore all the time in yoga and meditation. And that in and of itself is kind of difficult to practice and to attain. Yeah. And and along with that sort of beginner's mind and that willingness to be open and to hear something new and maybe to see the other side of the coin is Mm -hmm. it's replacing everything that we've used up until now. Like Mm -hmm. we fill ourselves sometimes with media. We fill ourselves sometimes with, you know, rules at our work or, you know, stipulations at our church or whatever it is. And sometimes we get so hung up on that, that we miss the point of what's our opinion, what's our truth, what's Mm -hmm. in our hearts. Yeah. Right. And that that openness, specifically on the mat, that Mm -hmm. willingness to say, hey, you know what? I've been doing this for 10 years, but today I want to not think about anything. So tell me exactly what to do and I'm going to do what you say. And the Mm -hmm. beauty of it is, is you're going to feel something differently than Mm -hmm. you ever have before. And you're going to have more aha moments than you ever have before because you came with no expectation. You came with that beautiful ball of clay and allowed the teacher to mold it for you. Mm-hmm. And you came with enough space left in your mind to add a little bit more yeah. to your full mind. So it wasn't blank. It was just, it was still open and ready to receive. Right. And the key is really that piece about non-judgment and non-expectation. And it's tricky for us humans. We 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 like expectations. We love to put them on people. <laughs> well, I expect that you're going to do this. And I expect that you're going to take care of that. And I expect that when you get home, you're going to empty the dishwasher. And I expect that, you know, like we go down this whole list of expectations. Yeah. And unfortunately, the only person who gets hurt by our expectations is us this quote in the beginner's mind there are many possibilities in the experts there are few yeah i like that (laughs) very true very true about when you're a child children are so open they don't you know they don't feel like they know everything and they are open to learning anything so to have that kind of a childlike mindset when you come to a class or when you get on the mat when you try meditation to kind of think about well okay I read this book and that book and so this is what they said instead of having that come to it with a child's mindset open to possibilities and playful yeah playful and playful and innocent and just know that if if you've been doing yoga for 10 years you know the yoga works Mm -hmm. so get out of your head and let the yoga do what the yoga needs to do yeah exactly it's going to take care of you (laughs) I promise you remember your kids they were always like why 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 (laughs) why And, you know, at at some point you're like, just because I said, but every time there's a why or a what or a how, there's an opportunity for exploration. There's opportunities for expansion. So if you, you even, when you go to a class yourself, you can sit there and listen to the instructor, or if you're doing your own home practice and go, why am I doing it this way? And really explore your personal whys. Yeah. And 
of course, journal about them. Yeah. Well, and the other piece to that is, is on the flip is when you've ever asked the question why and you've gotten somebody who said, well, because I said so, like how much did that diminish your interest? Exactly. Like you do that to a child and you crush them. Yeah. And it's the same thing that as an adult, you're choosing for yourself. If you don't mm-hmm. have an open mind, you're not allowing yourself to grow, mm-hmm. right? By 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 closing everything off and saying, nope, my way, the highway, this is how I do it. No, I place my hands like this because this is, I've, I've done it for 10 years like this. They don't tell me to do it a different way. This is how I do it. Like yeah. think about how, how many A stress injuries you could be causing in your body, B habituated behavior on the mat. You think about in general, by having such a closed mind, you're going to miss out on that one beautiful cue you hadn't ever heard before that could have been the exact cue you needed, not just for that practice, but to open your whole heart and to open your whole week and to change your whole life. Yeah. All of us as yoga students and new teachers, old teachers, whatever, we can all pretty much define that one moment we had on the yeah. mat where we were like blown away by yeah. what had just been said. Mm-hmm. And if we go in every day with rote memorization, nope, I'm doing it like this, this is how I've always done it. You're never going to have those moments again. Mm-hmm. Those beautiful, bright, life-changing moments. Mm-hmm. So you have to be a listener too. You, you have to be yeah. willing to listen. Yeah, agree. And about what you think about what the person's saying. You have to be open and willing to listen. And listening's hard. Listening can be hard because we get yeah. stuck in our head and yeah. we hear voices and they're <laughs> usually not nice voices. I love that. We get stuck in our head and we hear voices and they're not usually nice voices. <laughs> But it's true. You know, it's true. The other amazing part about having that beginner's mindset is just how much it can change and improve your practice. And like you had talked about as an advanced student who comes to a beginner's class, as long as they're really, truly willing to open their ears, their heart and actually participate as a beginner, most of the time we're made better by it. It's like you said, partly that we go back to the basics. And we're like, oh, heck, for nine years or 10 years, I've been doing yoga. But for the last nine years, I've been doing it out of habit and rote memorization. I completely forgot that, like you said, you tuck your tailbone and chair or that you lift your arches at all times or, you know, like back to the basics. And sometimes we get so stuck in our head and so stuck in our bad habits that the good stuff just passes by us. We're missing out. And a lot of times, even when we're listening, we filter out the parts that we don't want to hear. We listen to the parts we agree with and we just, we ignore anything that doesn't resonate or fit into that little mold or that little spot that we have for that. And so you have to listen to all of it and take it all in, you know, and you can miss it later on if, if it's like, well, this doesn't work for me. But you still get, you know, people stop listening. They filter out because they're like, okay, see, I did it right. Or I do whatever. And now you just segue back into that bigger picture of life. Like yeah. if all we do is listen to what we want to hear and we don't listen to the things we don't necessarily want to hear, then sometimes we miss out on the bigger lesson. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because we have to willingly admit, okay, I don't really want to hear this right now, but I know I need to hear this right now. Got a question for you. No. Nope. So- <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, what do you think about this? So we live in a very fast paced 
world, we live in an age where anything we want to know, we can find out in about two seconds on Google. Do you think that that plays into people having struggling having a beginner mindset? A hundred and ten percent. Social media. I'm sorry, you know I'm not a fan. I do would like that question. But yeah, you're right. Social media. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. Social media like literally is causing dissension. It's causing dissension amongst teachers and students. It's causing dissension amongst friends, amongst siblings. It's causing dissension amongst communities. Like I literally had to get off of our community Facebook page, our city Facebook page, because of the amount of arguing that was happening on that page. And I was like, literally the title of the group is Elk River Community. (laughs) And what about this conversation is a community at all is awful. You know, it's it's no different than back into a yoga room when you do have a beginner's class and you have the one student who is in the back kind of rogue doing their own thing and doing 86 vinyasas and not doing the beginner thing at all. And you think to yourself, they're stuck. They're so not willing to try to be a beginner that they're completely off on their own tangent, on their own thing, and they're not being part of the community. They're not breathing with the rest of the room. They're not involved in eye contact the same way. They have left the room and they're doing their own thing. And I'm not saying that having a free mind and doing your own thing isn't important, but when there's a community at large and you've brought yourself into the community, at least have open enough ears to see and hear and absorb, develop your opinion. And if you can present it without hurting people, then present it. But in a yoga room, in a beginner's class, join the beginners. Mm -hmm. Go back to being a beginner. Yeah. Even well, if you can flip yourself upside down and walk on your hands all around the room <laughs> for today, don't. Well, if you can do that, will you t- videotape yourself and send it to us? <laughs> we would like to post it on our podcast page. Oh, my. The first book that I have is called The Yoga Directory by Linda Dosier. And I like this book because it is got great pictures, great tabs, and it's got great explanations of postures. It's just a basic book. It's easy to read. It's got a cute little three ring binder. It's just perfect for teaching and training beginners. The other one I have is Yoga Relaxation Postures and Daily Routines, written by Charmaine Yabsley and David Smith. And again, this is also a really great book with postures. It goes through, it gives you explanations of sort of the lesser version versus the greater version. Mm -hmm. So this is a really great sort of hands-on, easy-to-use yoga book. I like both of those the way they're laid out. That's awesome. First one, I I mean, this book, it has, it's even coming apart. You can take out the pages because this was my very first yoga book that I ever had. And I know I should get a new one, but I won't replace it because it's got all my little first notes from 1999 in it, but it's Journey into Power by Baron Baptiste. And I love the way he writes and he helped shape a lot of the way I look at things because as a new yoga person, then as a new instructor, he 
talks about a spiritual focus for every class. He tells modifications for every pose, every everything that you do. And he puts it all in layman's words. So that was my very first yoga book. And I love this one a lot. Another one I really like is Beth Shaw's Yoga Fit. And Yoga Fit was before I was certified, I did did yoga fit level one through four. And I like the way she is so focused on safety and alignment for people and trying to bring yoga to the masses. So that was a great one. And then this is one I started using in my 200 hour class this past time. It's called The Yoga Mind. I love that book. I love this book so much because it's little tiny vignettes of different little things about yoga and it makes it all it's it's kind of like the little tiny book that you can sit down and just read one little section each time but it gives you all kinds of principles of yoga philosophy and stuff awesome you know one thing i did want to mention is that a beginner's mindset it's kind of a practice of undoing it's a pra- it's a practice of undoing years of conditioning yourself a certain way and being open to new possibilities. And just what if, just what if that one moment of openness was Mm -hmm. the exact one moment you needed. And if you hadn't been open to it, you would have missed that one doorway Mm -hmm. that you needed to walk through. That could change your life. Could change your life forever. Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas. On a pod, signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at Two Pittas on a Pod.